This is Saturday, December 1st. What aspect of the Christian faith do you have the most difficulty believing? Is it the virgin birth of Jesus or the resurrection of Jesus? Our scripture from this last Sunday came from Luke chapter 1. In that chapter, we hear how Zechariah, the priest of God, and his wife Elizabeth could not have a baby, and they were also quite old. Their story seemed to be over when an angel appeared to Zechariah while he was on duty in the temple. Here's what we're told happened. This is Luke chapter 1, verse 8 to 14. Once when Zechariah's division was on duty, and he was serving as priest before God, he was chosen by lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time came for the burning of incense, all the assembled worshipers were praying outside. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zacharias saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. He will be a joy and delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth. Now Luke, who is the writer of this gospel, begins the story of Jesus with the story of a faithful Jewish couple, Zechariah and Elizabeth. And he begins with them because they are emblematic of Israel at the time. They had been faithful to God as Israel had been, but they were timing out because of their age. And they had no children. At that time, to have children meant not to have children meant not to have a future. And this was the feeling in Israel. Their future had been blocked by a dreadful Roman occupation, along with political and spiritual stagnation. As history will have it, just 40 years after Jesus died and rose again, Jerusalem will be destroyed, and the Jewish people dispersed across the Roman Empire. So the days for the nation are indeed numbered. What future could they possibly have? But Zechariah is visited by the Lord's angel who tells him that he and his wife will have a baby. The unthinkable is going to happen. They do have a future, and there is hope ahead for them. What a beautiful promise this is, not just for Zechariah, but for all of God's people. Now, when we hear this, we cannot imagine how monumental a thing it is. It would be like discovering in the middle of your cancer battle that you think you're going to lose, that the cancer is suddenly gone. Or it could be seeing a relationship restored that is beyond human repair. For this to happen, God must enter in and bring it about. And this is why the angel tells Zechariah to name his baby boy John. That name means graced by God. It means that God will do it. God gives his gifts freely, not because we're deserving, but because God is loving. Now, the surprise here is that Zechariah refuses to believe the angel. The angel tells Zechariah that he was standing in the presence of God, and you can't get a stronger word than that. Yet Zechariah still will not believe. And yes, Zechariah has even been praying for this, for his people, 
and for a child and for their future. The angel says, your prayer has been answered. And even though the very thing he has prayed for, God promises to grant, again, he's stuck in unbelief. But that can also happen to us. We can become stuck in unbelief because we've come to live without hope for so long. We no longer believe we have a future or that any good will come. And we cannot believe that God would answer our prayers. So we're shocked when he does. True joy does not come easily for us because we've been downcast long enough to be stuck there. We cannot see our lives any other way. What this means is that it takes a long time for our hearts to become tuned to God's grace, to understand that God is working for our good and for his glory. You see, what I think is this. Most people do not have the greatest difficulty believing in the virgin birth or the resurrection. The greatest difficulty is believing that God cares for them, that God loves them and wants fellowship with them. They believe that if there is a God, well, he wouldn't be interested in them. Maybe someone with less baggage or someone with their life more together. We interpret our experience as God's perspective of us when it is not. The only way we can know what God thinks of us is to look at Jesus and to see his cross. This is where God shows us, shows us that we matter to him and that he loves us and that he purposes our good. Now, like Zechariah, the faith sounds good, but it sounds too good to believe. Many people reject Jesus, not because the gospel is too hard, but because it's too easy. All that is required is faith in Jesus. That's it. And add to that, many people to struggle to believe that God loves them. Here's something beautiful about this moment. Even though Zechariah refused to believe the promise, the Lord sent him and his wife a son. God continues to pour out, out his grace when we refuse it. And what's better is that John, their son, came to prepare the way for the coming of the Messiah, Jesus. Everything in Luke is pushing like a mighty tide toward the promise fulfilled in the baby born in Bethlehem, the one who comes to restore us to God. And this is why so many will rejoice at John's birth. Now, I want to return to that question we asked from the start for today. What do you have the most difficulty believing? I think you will discover it is believing that God is for you, that God loves you personally, and that even the difficult things that come from the hand of our loving God are coming out of his love. We know the love of God and can rest in his love because Jesus has come. He is God with us, God for us. Let's pray. God of grace, we doubt your love, but should we really? You pour out your gifts to us day in and day out. You've been gracious to us. Empower us to live in the light of this truth found in Jesus. For we pray together in his name. Amen.